Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, post-match. Novak Djokovic versus Carlos Alcaraz, ATP Finals 2023 semifinal. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video. Novak Djokovic takes a 3-2 head-to-head lead against Alcaraz and advances to the final here at the year-end championships where he will face Yannick Sinner. It is the most straightforward result in either direction that we have seen in the Djokovic-Alcaraz rivalry. 6-3-6-2. It was the first time a world number one faced a world number two at the ATP Finals in the semis since 2007. When, and I'm starting with just a little spooky parallel here. When world number one, Roger Federer, took on Rafa Nadal. Federer won 6-4, 6-1. He dropped five games in conditions that suit him against the then young Spaniard in Nadal. Djokovic here lost five games in conditions that suit him against the young Spaniard, Carlitos Alcaraz. I just, I just think that's kind of crazy. Because literally from 2007 to now, number one and number two had never played in the semifinals. Had to start with that. Thought it was a little bit wild. Let's get into it. Um, You know, we can't, they can't play an epic every time. It's not going to be insanity, full drama uh, every single time. And it was the previous four. We had been completely spoiled. But this one felt pretty routine for, I'd say, 75% of the match. And then at 3-2 in the second, with Djokovic already up a set and a break, 
Alcaraz, he, he raised his level. He lifted, and he was ready to turn this match around, just like Novak did in Cincinnati against Alcaraz, up, up a set and a break. Uh, he was ready to make it a match, and Djokovic came up with some magic to fend Alcaraz off and protect that break lead all the way through the finish line. So because it is more fun to talk about those great moments that we got midway through the second, instead of talking about what happened in the first set and... and uh, earlier in the second set, uh, let's just jump right into this moment where Alcaraz raises his level and Djokovic has to try to fend him off. And what really stood out in that stretch was Novak Djokovic's forehand defense uh, and his defense overall, but I thought the forehand side was really the shining star. And I, I did take some screenshots just so we can go through this. Uh, so this is break point against Novak. Uh, and this is early in the point. You see Alcaraz looks like he has a little opening to uh, rip a forehand inside in. So he does. And Djokovic to his right. Open stance, sliding. Forehand cross court. That's a great neutralization. He got it deep. Alcaraz is going to go with his forehand down the line on the next ball. But Djokovic is there to defend. Uh, later on in the rally, same thing. Alcaraz has a little bit of open court with a forehand. With an off forehand. So he'll go inside in. Doesn't get quite as much on this ball. So Djokovic is going to get there in a little bit more time. And he's you can see he's not quite as stretched out. And this is a an easier neutralization. But again, Djokovic, deep cross court. And we play on in this crucial break point. Now, uh, Alcaraz has a chance to hit his backhand down the line. Where Djokovic had actually just gotten up to a, a shorter, flatter, lower ball. So you can see he's pretty close to the baseline here. And there's a lot of open court for Alcaraz to hit this backhand down the line into. So there he goes. And now Djokovic is really scrambling to his forehand. It's going to be a very tough ball to defend. Full stretch, slice defense. And this one's going to float, but he gets it at least deep enough to keep Alcaraz back. So Alcaraz hits this next forehand with both feet behind the baseline, which is going to be crucial. But because Alcaraz has all day to load up for this forehand, he's going to hit this next one with all the force that he can possibly generate. He goes cross court. By the way, look at Djokovic's positioning here. He has a, a feeling that Alcaraz is going to go cross court. He's shading in that direction. So good anticipation, good read by Novak. So again, to the right, Djokovic goes. And this time, Alcaraz is coming forward. Djokovic hits an absolute beauty. Uncorks it cross-court for the pass. And that saves break point. Um, I'll talk about what happened later in that game in a moment. But here's the next game with Alcaraz serving at 2-4. Djokovic smells some blood in the water. Another running forehand here. And Djokovic hits a beauty. Cross court with pace, with depth. Alcaraz has the slice grip. He's going to try to hit the drop shot. He has a lot of court to hit the drop shot into, but Djokovic's ball is coming so fast at him that Alcaraz can't hit a good drop shot. Novak gets there. He redrops. He wins the point. And that is going to make it 15-40. So now uh, Alcaraz saves one break point. No, actually, I don't know if I got that right because the... Yeah, yeah, that does make it 1540. 
Uh, it looks like Alcaraz forces Deuce. And now later on, it's break point for Djokovic. Alcaraz doesn't have much of a, a chance here on this forehand. It's not a clear opening, but he's going to decide to just go really big on this forehand cross court. He has some angle to work with. So he's going to up the speed. He's going to break the sideline. Carlitos comes up with a great forehand here. Djokovic again to his right, full stretch with the forehand. And he's able to crucially just make the ball. There's a little bit of, there's decent depth. There's decent, decent pace. It's not a beautiful neutralization, but it's a decent one. And Alcaraz misses this forehand down the line long. That is the break. It is now 5-2. And Djokovic surely is going to win the match at this point. He does close it out on his serve. First time of asking. Um, it's not normal for a player to be under pressure moving to their right on their forehand that many times and each and every time he delivers the neutralizing forehand cross court in some cases when he had to the counterattacking forehand cross court like when he had to make the pass on that uh on that break point to save it so this was this was just a crucial stretch right here because you know for the first time in the match at 3-2 Alcaraz starts to work the point and kind of turns some defense into offense. He does it twice in a row, 15-all at 3-2, then 15-30, and he creates two break points. 15-40, Djokovic service winner, 30-40, uh, the passing shot that I showed you, then Deuce, Djokovic serve plus uh, drive volley on the forehand, this ridiculous angle that he hits on the forehand swinging volley from the middle of the court, winner on that one, and then a service winner on add-in to hold serve and make it 4-2. And that was the moment. That's the most important game of the match, bar none, because that is where Alcaraz made his move to make this a match. But before Alcaraz made that push and Djokovic had to come up with four great points in a row from down 15-40, uh, and then, you know, play that excellent return game at 2-4 as well. So before Djokovic was really forced to raise his level, uh, Alcaraz was giving him a lot of mistakes. Way too many. And that loomed large in the first 75% of this match. And I'm going to go through them right now. First game of the match, Djokovic starts on his serve. And... Alcaraz gets two break points. He gets two second serve looks on those break points. And he makes two unforced errors early in rally. Couple of Djokovic service games later at two all in the first set. Alcaraz once again applies pressure. He gets it to 30 all and he misses an easy forehand volley at 30 all. Then at deuce later on. He has three chances to pass with Djokovic at net. It was good net coverage. It was good anticipation by Novak. But on at least one of those three passing shots, Alcaraz should have been able to get it done and win that point. Uh, the third one was a lob that landed a little too short, and Djokovic was able to hit an overhead to finish. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, 
the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now we shift to Alcaraz's serve at 3-4. This was the only break in the first set. Alcaraz missed a neutral backhand at 15-30. One that he was just trying to trade cross-court, and he missed it long. He was not under any pressure on that shot. And then he missed another one at 30-40 on break point, um, where he was trying to attack with his backhand down the line. I thought it was a questionable decision. It was not a egregiously bad decision by any means, but it wasn't a short ball. He didn't have any open court to hit into, and... Because it was his backhand and not his forehand, I would much prefer to see Alcaraz uh, just stay solid and protect his backhand, uh, play the percentage on his backhand. If you are going to take a risk from neutral, if you're Alcaraz, do it on your forehand. That's my that's my opinion. So I didn't think it was a good decision, but it was two uh, back-to-back unforced errors by Alcaraz on his backhand in this 3-4 game for Djokovic to get the break. We go to one all in the second set. This is the next break of serve in the match. At 30 all, Alcaraz misses a plus one ball that he tried to chip and charge. And he put the slice into the net. And then it was a back and forth deuce game. From game point add in Alcaraz, he made three unforced errors in a row to get broken from add in. And that included a routine forehand volley on game point where he served and volleyed. He got an easy forehand volley. He missed another. Alcaraz was not as reliable as he usually is with the volleys in this match. So those are the ones that really stand out. I will point out that at 2-4, when Djokovic got the, I'll call it the dagger break, Alcaraz missed the same exact ball that he missed at one all with this... uh, First ball backhand slice into the net, trying to chip and charge off of a short return that that should should be punished, uh, probably. However, I will stress the 2-4 game, it was not a bad game by Alcaraz. It was a great game by Djokovic. But at the end of the day, Djokovic dominated the game of errors in this match, period. He dominated the game of errors. He played extraordinarily clean. He did very little wrong. And... The same just can't be said about Alcaraz, who served. You want to ask me how 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 did Alcaraz play? This is my answer. He had one of the best serving games, matches. He had one of the best serving matches of his life, as far as I'm concerned. Now, nobody is ever going to remember it for that. Nobody is going to care about that because when you lose 6-3, 6-2, nobody cares how well you served. 
But if I'm just isolating the serve, it's basically as good as I've seen. The rest of his game, by his standards, was a C at best. Uh, and I think the stat that really stands out to me is, is you look at Alcaraz's serve. He only got broken three times, but check this stat out. Get a load of this, I should say. Uh, when Djokovic made the return back in play, he won 70% of the points. 70% just by getting the return back in play. That tells you that the rest of Alcaraz's game was not there. Uh, now, part of this, I'll give you one more. Part of this is obviously uh, you know, a, a credit to Djokovic's defense, which I highlighted at the beginning of the video. But Tennis Insights, which tracks when a player is in attack um, and how many points you are winning when in attack. When Alcaraz attacked, it was 50-50. He won 50% of the points. Djokovic won 50% of the points. Now, those numbers are related, right? Because obviously, um, when you're serving, you know some of the returns are going to be neutralizing, but a lot of those points, you are going to be in attack even though the return came back in play. And for Alcaraz to only win 30% of those points when his serve is coming back just tells you he was not able to play clean enough to find finishes. I'll also just give you, you know, in this case, the, the winners to unforced errors ratio, which I think is really, really telling. It's, uh, it's less telling if you include aces. Alcaraz out-aced Djokovic 10-3. to uh, but we all know aces should not be included as winners. Double faults should not be included as unforced errors. It, it just muddies the stat. And, uh, you know, there's no reason not to separate it. We have a, if we're able to separate it, it tells us more. So let's separate it. And again, we're taking the serve out of it, which Alcaraz excelled in. Um, and we're looking at the rest of the game. Alcaraz was at 12 winners to 21 unforced errors. Djokovic was at nine winners to seven unforced errors. So 12 to 21 was the Alcaraz ratio if you take away the aces and the one double fault. So some of this, right, why was Djokovic so much cleaner and so much more consistent than Alcaraz? Some of this is down to ability. Like at the end of the day, I, I don't believe that Alcaraz has the ability match by match by match to be as consistent as Djokovic, which is down to things like uh, technique and stroke production. Uh, but also some of it is about aggressiveness and philosophy, uh, which comes down to what targets are you choosing? What pace are you playing? What height are you playing? But whatever it is, uh, you can analyze all of those things kind of individually. But in the big picture, the errors that were being made from offensive slash neutral positions were a major decider here. Djokovic, yeah, there were some, there were a couple of them, some volleys and some forehands here and there that it could have been finishes, but most of them, they were in throwaway spots. He was up 40 love. He was up 40-15. For Alcaraz, a lot of them came in big spots, these big points like I highlighted. And uh, that's going to make all the difference. The uh, the last thing I want to talk about is second serve. Second serve battle. Uh, there's a really big difference between the three players that Alcaraz played in the round robin and Djokovic. 
So Alcaraz won the second serve battle in all three matches he played. He he won a higher percentage against Zverev, against Medvedev, and against Rublev. But the difference between Zverev, Medvedev, and Rublev on the second serve return is they don't attack the ball. Now, Rublev tries, but if you kick it to his backhand, he doesn't do it all that well. So if you hit a good kick serve to, to Rublev's backhand and you break his contact point, you're probably going to be able to start the point at least from neutral, and Andre might have trouble putting pressure on you. Medvedev and Zverev, more often than not, they choose not to attack. And then you look at, well, what do they do on their second serve when they're serving? All three of them have attackable second deliveries. I'm back that up with statistics. Uh, if you look at the rankings among top 50 players, this is the rankings in second serve points one percentage. I'll start with Rublev. He's 27th in the top 50. So slight, so basically average. Medvedev is 44th out of 50. Zverev is 46th out of 50. Djokovic is first. The big difference between Djokovic and these other guys that Alcaraz has played is the second serve stuff. Uh, that's the biggest difference, in my opinion. Uh, not only does Djokovic hit better second serves, they stay lower, they go faster, they end up in better spots, especially compared to Zverev. Um, more unpredictable than Rublev. Rublev goes to the backhand every time. Djokovic goes to the forehand and sometimes also goes to the backhand. He just has a better second serve. And then on the second serve return, he takes away more time and he can attack it. If you go to the forehand, if you go to the backhand, it doesn't matter. He's able to apply pressure on that second return. So Alcaraz won the second serve battle against all three of his round-robin opponents in this match, and the sample size was small because both players made a lot of first serves, and it was a quick match, but Alcaraz won 33%, Djokovic won 56%. It doesn't surprise me that Novak is the guy that was able to reverse the second serve stuff against Alcaraz and beat him in that category pretty handedly. And the main theme of this match is once you took away Alcaraz's first serve, which was doing great, Djokovic was dominant in every other aspect. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. 
Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan, backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.amic slash you know.